Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is so great to be back in the recording studio and to be with you today for this episode of Toy Power. Who is this? Has someone hijacked our stream? What's going on? Who is this stranger? Welcome back, buddy. Welcome back. Good to have you back. Thank you very much. We are recording episode number... 155. And of course, joining me today in the Toy Power studio, it wouldn't be an episode of Toy Power without... The wonderful, the the Allen key, as Darren calls him, hey. Mr. Frank Allen. Uh-huh. This is Frank. Well, hoy hoy. And of course, Mr. Ben Sachs. Great to see you again, my yeah, friend. Likewise, buddy. Likewise. It's super exciting. Today's episode, we are going to dive into the latest news. We're then going to jump into some later scores. And boy, do I have a doozy for everyone today. And we're going to round out some of those fantastic and albeit controversial listener questions that you got to in the last couple of weeks, guys. <laughs> I'm still yet to hear the last episode, but boy, Frank, you stirred up a hornet's yeah, nest. Yeah, I your... stirred up a red, white and blue hornet's nest, that's for sure. <laughs> I think we might have to delve into some fan reaction to that comment. Does Chris, has Chris Wisdom designed a monologue to... Uh... Uh, I, I believe so. We'll, we'll see how we go getting it into this episode. We might be a little bit pressed for time, but Chris, we won't forget about you. We... Um, Best case scenario, we might do it as a bit of a separate thing because it is 10 minutes long. I haven't listened to it yet, but Chris did give me permission to, you know, have a listen and, and trim it down for editing. He, he said, look, despite all my podcasting, when it's just you talking into a microphone, stuff gets weird. Yeah, like, no, it does. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. But we will get to you, Chris. To have no fear. Well, speaking of monologues, I'm going to indulge myself oh. now. Oh, yeah, I've been gone for almost three months yep. and I felt like you've touched on so many topics. <laughs> I've just been building up a lot of content inside that I just need to get out. It's, right it's sort of a therapy now. <laughs> so if you will indulge me, Go. Uh, you gentlemen and the listeners at home, I'm just going to jump into a few things. Do it. Fire away. So as we know from episode nine... A Jedi's weapon, according to Luke Skywalker, deserves more respect than being thrown <laughs> into the fire. To Disney and to the writers, I think writing a Star Wars trilogy deserves a little bit more respect. Watching JJ have to retcon what we saw Ryan Johnson do in Episode Eight <laughs> yep. showed us that there was really no game plan for a full, concise wrap-up of the Skywalker saga that we got a very piecemeal and haphazard story. Yep. And by the end of it, I don't know quite what we got. I didn't mind the final film, but just think what this could have been if we'd had a bit of consistency and a bit of forethought with the writing overall. Yep, agreed. Can't argue with that. Thundercats Raw, man. Now, I thought that this was dead and buried, and I'll tell you a story while I've been gone. We were looking at some fan reaction, I said, let me tell you, gentlemen about a story called Thundercats Raw. This thing hit the internet about one and a half years ago, was so derided by the fans, it mm. basically got deleted and we never heard of it again. Unfortunately, just after I told that story, I see that Thundercats Raw is real, it's been made yep. and it's airing. And I watched 
I watched that. I watched like the opening one minute clip, and uh, boy, oh, it was just (laughs) the worst. Is it on YouTube? This was on YouTube. Yeah, it was. It was the opening. It was Jaga telling the story. Yeah, right. And it made me physically ill. Oh wow! Um, Help. (laughs) So look, I feel that watching Thundercats Raw turned me from someone who is. You know, the optimist just just loves life. To this is Walter Matthau. You know, in grumpy old men. This is what I'm becoming: bitter, twisted, cynical, and uh, it's amazing. Yeah, this is. So if you feel a bit of that today, this is the reason. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up now. Look, okay. everything comes to he who waits, and oh boy, have I waited so very long for this moment. <laughs> That is, of course, a quote from Skeletor. Frank Langella, the Ah, uh, He-Man movie. And boy, how good are the Super 7 movie figures. That, Mm -hmm. those two Skeletors, we've got the Dark Despot Skeletor, as he's called, but that is essentially the the black-looking Skeletor. We've got God Skeletor and Dolph Lundgren He-Man. Also Karg, who is a repaint finally in film colours. But I tell you what, these figures have made me so happy. They, they are the missing link, the yep. missing piece in a master's collection. And boy, they are beautiful. I am so happy to have them in my collection. And i just got to say, what an awesome way for Super 7 to finalise the line. To yep. go out yep. on such a huge high. And I know the Filmation ones came a little, you know, like what, a week or two, maybe a couple of weeks afterwards, yep. the movie ones. But seriously, the movie ones, what a wicked way to oh. go out. And I've heard nothing but praise all over the internet about them. Yeah, and uh, people are already saying uh, Skeletor is figure of the year. Oh, like, yes. And that's, that's a huge call yeah, it's January, uh, right? for um, yeah, something that's come out at the start of the year. So, What's beautiful, I mean, it, it's such a brilliant figure. But what it also captures is the fact that it's Frank Langella wearing a Skeletor suit. I mean, that is sculpted the in the face. Mm. You can see the human eyes in there. And I love the fact they haven't gone, look, let's just make him look a bit more like Skeletor would look if we had the CG or the, the effects to do them properly. No, mm. we're going to make him look like, as Davey called it, the, the skull mask that's, you know, seagull crap, essentially. <laughs> and I think that's the charm. That's the movie, and it's just done brilliantly. Yeah. So it's, abs- not, it's not too often when I show my wife pictures of, oh, my God, look at this, I'm going to buy it. She's like, huh? And then this time she yeah. saw those pictures, she's like, oh, my God, you have to get those. Yeah. Like, they just look amazing. And, look, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in many places, but I tell you what... That meeting between Funko and Mattel to decide on the future of Funko's 5.5-inch Masters-inspired figures... Yeah, sure. I would have loved to see what happened with any backdoor dealings that may have gone, because I tell you what, the return of Masters of the Universe pops, in my mind, has only been allowed to happen because Funko are going to retire the 5.5 line. This is my thoughts. Yes. And particularly in 2020, when Mattel are going big on Masters, they want that look, that very iconic look that they created in the 80s to reign supreme and not be diluted by any other toy lines. I would have loved to see. I mean, I would have even gone into the transmogrifier, Jeff Goldblum style, and become the monstrous fly to be on the wall in that meeting. But I would have loved to see what it happened. That, that what was happened. actually on the other night. It was. I watched it. SBS Viceland. Yeah. That's why I built it into my monologue, no, because I was no, watching it nice. uh, away in the hotel. And, and finally, I couldn't end this monologue without the mention of McFarlane and mm. what they are doing with the DC license. And I can only sum yes. it up by saying this 
is what Jared Leto is to me in a lot of the movies he's done, particularly the DC franchise, but maybe a little bit with what Morbius is going to be doing. Jared, I want to like it, but you're not really giving me much here. And that's exactly <laughs> the same thing for what they're doing with DC. I go in and I want to love it. I, yep. want, I love my DC yep. and I think they're being brave. They're doing a lot of different lines. They've got a, you know, the... The Batman Who Laughs, which looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. First time in figure form. There's some armoured Batman yeah, figures. Yeah, that looks great. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's just a lot going wrong with the articulation. And, and what are they What are they going with thematically-wise? There's mm. bits and pieces all from over the everywhere. Shop, yep. That Harley Quinn, I know, Frank, you mentioned sort of the cankles. It's just leaving a lot to be desired right now. And with mm. a property as big as this, and the issues that McFarlane have had in the past with quality control... If they're not getting this up and up and running pretty quickly, this could be a bit of a disaster for them. So let's just see what happens. Ooh, and you thought I was controversial. Listen to him, like he's come out swinging. I love it. I have. It's 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 all this <laughs> repressed toy power <laughs> angst that I've been building up. And I just would like to say at this particular juncture, what a tremendous job these gentlemen have done. Darren's not in at the moment for this episode, but Frank, Ben, and Darren have really carried on a tremendous podcast and. I've enjoyed every minute listening as a listener and it was nice to sort of, yeah, see it from the other side, side, see the energy, see the passion. But tell you what, great to be back. So thanks guys for keeping it running. Oh, awesome. Thanks, man. Brilliant brilliant monologue. You're better better than Ricky Gervais, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that in that Golden Globe speech, Baby Yoda gets a call out and it's like, oh, no, that's just Joe Pesci. Well, we, we got a brand new 3D printer at work just a couple of days ago and it was one of these things. We set it up and we're like, what are we going to print? And there was just this silence and I went, uh, clearly Baby Yoda and everyone just yeah. went, yes, let's do that. <laughs> oh, that's it. That was the other one. I mean, Mandalorian, I didn't get a chance to join mm. in the, the epic Star Wars review episode that sure. you guys did. Um, but while I was away with the guys at work, that was our regular routine. Every Wednesday night, you know, I'd get a, a magical copy would appear in a link that I'd mm, click on. How uh, did that happen? Yeah, which is just, you know, yeah, the, the wonders of the internet. <laughs> and uh, we would watch that and, and oh, it was just great watching it with a bunch of Star Wars fans. Yeah, nice. Um, tremendous. And it wrapped really well. You know, yeah, like the last that, couple of episodes, yeah. it felt like it was losing its way yep. in the middle there. Very episodic. Yep. But boy, did it come home strong. And yeah. I think everyone's super excited for season two. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's jump into the latest news. Three, two, one. Cue music. So what have you got for me? I'm Batman. But she's got a new hat. And we're going to start this news segment today with a huge congratulations to our friends over at Breaking the Panel. This is one of the great milestones. I mean, beyond one of the hosts proclaiming themselves as the rock god of podcasting. I think this comes in as one of the next biggest things that Breaking the Panel could have done. 200 episodes. Two, I mean, and you think about the passion, the energy, the conflict that yep. goes into those 200 episodes. I mean, just 200 episodes of Bashing Charles. Like, that's... Oh, it, it never gets old, you, does it? No, but you have to come up with new material every time. <laughs> and they've done it for 200 episodes. They've been able to come up with with Charles jokes, uh, parodies, <laughs> all the like, while still staying on topic and being really focused on all, everything, everything in the pop culture too. sphere. So well done to the Breaking the Panel boys. We love you. It's been a tremendous effort to get to 200 and, and look, they're just going to keep going strong, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, here's, here's, to, uh, here's to 300. 
and not the uh, the guys with the cut abs because that's clearly not no. not them. No. no kicking of people into this pits. is Sparta. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of going back in time, we are talking about turtles in time today. These are the new figures from NECA with the uh, pixelated art uh, sort of paintwork on them. Uh, what we've actually seen, we've seen these figures for coming for a little while. We've now seen the packaging for them, a very big box window thing, which seems to be NECA's favorite style. But these figures are deliberately made. They look like they're the arcade machine almost with the, the artwork on the side, big Turtles in Time logo, the purple sort of swirling effects. I just I thought this deserved a shout out just because I'm like, NECA packaging sometimes for me leaves a little bit to be desired. It's never bad, but it's just, okay, you've taken a picture of, you know, in, in the case of their other turtle stuff, it's the, the you know, the, the, the movie poster. This, they've gone, ah, here's, here's a bit of effort behind it, right? I think it's really, really gorgeously done. On the back, you get a picture of the figure, and in the case of the turtles, are on those hoverboards from that horrific level. And, you know, it's got, like, the, the sort of purple pixelated sewer image on it. And I just think these are amazing. Mm. Individually packaged as well. I think these came as a four-pack uh, a few San Diego Comic-Cons yes, ago. Yep. So it's actually cool to see these being available to the average Joe Yep. This time around in, yeah, a, yeah. In, in, in a single pack. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, this will on go to Slash, the Foot Soldiers, uh, Super Shredder, I think is in the list with his lightsaber or really? something. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where this goes, how deep this goes. Yeah, because mm. it's one of the, I mean, they've got a lot of these molds from their other sort of Turtles lines they're doing, but how much editing some of them are going to need for, you know, special characters and stuff. So, yeah. Very, very good stuff there. Yeah, and Mezco are doing some other really good things with their 1989 Batman. This is the Michael Keaton version. Now, this is a Mezco store exclusive. So the only way to get this bad boy is to go on the Mezco site. Now, as I understand it, already sold out gone really and it sold out within four hours of going on yeah, sale that makes my decision easy <laughs> yeah, there you go. you're not getting him now um so this is this is the michael keaton version of batman from the 1989 movie couple of things about this it's articulation is fully contained within the suit well because really the only part of michael keaton you see is the chin right effectively yeah, yeah. correct yep but no joints. So no elbow joints are seen, uh, no wrist joints are seen, no it's leg joints. Cloth, yeah. It's all under this sort of rubber bodysuit, mm-hmm. which is very cool point to point out. Comes with three heads. One has the bloody look on the sort of Michael Keaton uh, yep. um, jaw mouth. mouth. Yep. And the other one has movable eyes, which is really incredible for this scale. So not sure how that function works. Now, just with the movable yeah. eyes, I got my gizmo from NECA with movable eyes. And yep. I know this is this is twice the price as I paid for what it would probably maybe three times the price, but I could never get it straight. Yep. Like it's a oh, bit really? it's a bit skew if. Okay. So on this scale and and we're talking Gizmo's eyes are quite Huge, large. large yeah. uh, Keaton's eyes are probably a third the size mm, of a Gizmo. So yep. uh, if they don't have them lined up, it can be terrible. Funnily enough, Hot Toys. I was going to say, yeah, did a 1989 version in there. You know, this is the one six scale, whereas Mezco's one twelve, so it's mm. like a six inch figure. But the Hot Toys version of the 1989 Keaton Batman had movable eyes. Now it was a little 
the back of the head came off. You had a little joystick inside there. And as you'd move them, they'd both move yes, perfectly. At the same time. Yep. Right? Yeah, but I did note, because I did in fact receive my um, Ben Affleck Batman from Justice League. Again, came with kind of the movable eyes in quotation mark. But what they'd actually done is they changed it up. So now Hot Toys, you basically remove the eye piece. So it comes from behind the cow, this like ah. piece. And you put in, you know, one that's painted and has the eyes to the left and one there's one that has the eyes to the right but it's a separate plug piece okay. that fits in behind the cow so that is the way now hot toys have obviously gotten rid of the joystick concept yeah, yeah. and moved to kind of like you know just painted eyes and piece. swap out features so it'd be interesting to know how Mezco are planning to do this mm. um $110 USD for this all the accessories about you know five different batarangs hands grapple guns, all that sort of thing. Stand. Stand, mm-hmm. yeah. like And two different capes from what I understand. The one that just sort of flows and the one that allows oh, you wow. to do the, the with the wire. Oh. Yeah. So look, I think anyone that got this figure will be very happy with what they get. 110 USD is probably a lot for a Mezco figure. Yep. But I think for what you're getting and this character... I think it's, pretty it's only going to go skyrocketing on the secondary market. All right, next up, we've got Toxic Crusaders Reaction. They have been revealed in November. We now have a release date. The whole wave goes on sale this Wednesday, January 29th at the Super 7 store. The lineup includes Toxie, Headbanger, Major Disaster, Junkyard, Dr. Killamoth, and Radiation Ranger. They're priced at $18 USD each. And... Uh, you're buying these for essentially the uh, card art, right? Let's mm. let's face it, the card art looks amazing. But the problem with this yep. reaction line uh, for these Toxic Crusaders is all the bad guys have got Dr. Killamoth artwork yeah. and all the good guys have Toxie. So you're not going to get your Radiation Ranger with Radiation Ranger art on it and, yeah, you know, yeah. and flip. So that, in a sense, I think is a wrong move. And I hope they don't duplicate that for future lines. So I know we've seen that with their Turtles ones where the individual card are for Shredder, all the and different same characters. With Masters. I was going to ask with yeah. their other ones, Some has the, it been individual? It's always yeah. been individual. Yeah, okay. And maybe they couldn't get, couldn't get the artwork rights or something. I don't know. But, but it's but it's not even they've taken iconic artwork. It's their own. It's, it's their own. It's they've their own got their artwork. own artwork. So once got an it. artist, so, yep. so they could have gone, hey, here's a... Radiation Ranger, here's a junkyard, just go. I don't know. Maybe Because I've, I've got some of those thing. old swap cards, you know, that you mm. used to get collect, and I've got ones of the Radiation Ranger, Bonehead and sure. stuff, like done in really high-end art for the age. Yeah, right. And they look sick, you yeah. know, they look so good, but not to, yeah, I don't think this is the right move. For mm. me, the art is a huge draw card for these figures. So quite often I go, well, look, $18 US by the time you ship it to Australia, yeah. it's a very expensive figure. And I went into, while I was in Melbourne, there's a store there called Minotaur Collectibles. Downstairs in the basement, it's probably one of the bigger modern collectible stores in Australia. And they had a number of Super 7 reaction figures on the pegs. They even had some master stuff. And I think they were retailing for around 45 to $50. Yeah, that's what so I would have it's, it's, yeah. it's horrendous when you see those sort of prices on what is a very, very basic For essentially a five points of articulation yep. Kenner-styled uh, yeah. action figure. Yeah, really, realistically, the most you could charge at a store is $20 Australian. Is sort of, so if they're not getting those touches right it makes it very difficult for collectors to justify that high that price, price point. So a bit of a missed opportunity. The only thing I think these Toxie will sell is because there's nothing else much going on in the yeah. Toxie universe. Sure. So good luck yeah. to them. 
yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let us know if you're uh, fortunate enough to pick these up and and what you think of them. Speaking of two other things, one in particular that I'm really hoping to pick up, we have some new reveals from Marvel Legends with two new Black Widow figures. One is, I believe, going to be uh, well. These are both store exclusives, unfortunately, in the US. So one is a Target exclusive. We get a White Widow, which is which is being called Deadly Origins, I believe, and certainly based on the trailers we've seen, that's going to tie in with the new movie. Uh, and then we get another one, which is the uh, the classic grey suit with the short hairstyle, uh, which is very much a homage to her 90s look, and that is a Walmart exclusive. So these are single-pack figures. These come with a whole lot of accessories. I believe they're being classed as almost deluxe access, uh, figures. Uh, they come with, I think, the widow, the white widow in particular, comes with like three different guns, blast effects for her little wrist-mounted uh, blasters, and even what uh, looks strange on the pictures, but it's actually like smoke effects. So you plug it into, and it's like she has just fired, and this, you know, you get the smoke residue that's sort of coiling up. I don't believe they've done anything like that previously in Marvel Legends, so that's a bit of an interesting uh, addition. I've already reached out to our good friend Chris Wisdom because that Grey Widow, I never thought I'd see that. Mm-hmm. I never, and the, the White Widow, I'd take or leave it. I guess if I saw it on the pegs, I might pick it up. But that Grey Widow, I need it. I suppose it also depends on how good the film is. So if the film's amazing, yeah. every man and his dog will want that White Widow. Yeah. But there's n- that nostalgic point in the Grey. Yeah. Version well, so this Widow. is on top of the no doubt there will be a, a whole Black Widow yeah. wave associated with the movie. So. Good to see that they're, you know, uh, supporting the film before it's even come out. But you're right, it does sort of, you know, hinge on on the overall uh, end product of the film. All right, I alluded to it in my opening monologue, but Funko Pops in Masters of the Universe are back and very excited for Masters fans and Pop fans alike. We have a bevy of new characters, including the very first foray into that 10-inch styling. So we've got Prince Adam. We've got another version of the classic He-Man with the Baldrick Sorceress doing her classic Sorceress pose. Cyclone, which is... Yeah. Left yeah. field. Left field. Yeah. Tongue lasher. Can I say I love, love, love this tongue lasher. Right? Oh, I really yeah. do. Because tongue lasher, to me, has always looked like more like a frog. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. This like looks nuke, like... This looks more like a snake's head. Yep. Like, yeah. I just... Agreed. I think this... that is just the right way, direction to go. Looks great, doesn't and it? And a huge thumbs up. So, yep. uh, well done. Yep. Mm. He looks very cool. And those colour schemes are beautiful. They've even got the tongue sticking out, yes. poking out, which yep. is a... You know, core action feature. But, but not a silly amount. Like, no. it's not going down to his feet. It's just yeah. enough yep. to say, this is the action figure yep. feature. Um, and yeah, I, I reckon 10 out of 10 for that one. <laughs> yep. We've got Web Store, Mosquito, He-Man on Battle Cat, and the 10-inch oversized figure of none other than Skeletor, which is pretty exciting. This is a really cool wave, in my opinion. And I tell you what... That first wave does go for mega bucks. Yes, it does. It's only going to skyrocket the prices on characters like Hordak and Shearer and Spycor. I mean, He-Man, maybe you go, well, I'll take this version of He-Man if I didn't get the original. But this is going to be big for Masters fans. Mm. And it's going to, yeah, blow the price out of the water if people want to go back and try and start collecting 
the full set now. Yeah, because so. because there was uh, at the time when we all believed it was the last one. Buzz off, I think was was tagged as the last ever pop, and he the price for him went up and up and up because you know people it was the last one you needed to complete your collection. It's now no longer complete because no. there's more coming. So I, I reckon you alluded it to a yeah to it in your monologue. I reckon they Funko went to Mattel and things and said, look, we'll trade off the. Uh, hey! Hey! A random Darren. Look at this. He, he, he heard us talking about Masters of the Universe, <laughs> and he he ran. He ran from <laughs> I the. I just uh, want to. I just want to say how outrageous I think it is that Trent snuck back in Adelaide and didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, he introed the show out of pure reflex, and we we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Who is this strange man? <laughs> There's been a. What's the saying? A. Um, a change of um, regime since you've been gone. We now alternate. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I just jump straight into it. Like, uh... but we are talking uh, the new pop figures by Funko, um, Darren, and you know some of the the character selection is a bit you know a bit left field, but it's really pretty cool. Broad, isn't pretty it? pretty broad, and the first ten inch Masters Funko pop figure being Skeletor, which is always a very clever move. What are your thoughts? You you are not traditionally a pop fan. I'm not traditionally what you'd call a all in pop kind of guy. I I'm fascinated by the character selection, and yeah, I guess it's watch this space. I am trying to maybe pull back just a little bit on my from um, collecting masters on my, <laughs> you buy, my buying habits he, he won't buy the 10 inch skeletal <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till it's on clearance yeah <laughs> no no um, no look I don't know I'd, I'd love to see them it, it, it's hard to imagine that I couldn't get swept up in the moment if yeah. you saw these on shelf would you pick them up I think there's a there's a there's a high <laughs> likelihood that I probably would. It's not, Darren, it's not how if he would, it's yeah. how many he yeah. would. <laughs> can he carry them all in one go. Darren is just shaking a magic eight ball where all the options are all roads lead to yes. There's just nothing else in there. Just, it was like a, a faulty one at, at manufacturing. Well, what makes you think that I need to cha- shake the eight ball to find out? <laughs> no, look, so, I think we know I'd break down and, and buy them if I saw them on the shelf. That'd be pretty hard. For me not to, especially in the climate of not much Masters of the Universe stuff has been coming out in recent years over here. The excitement of a film coming and two, not one, but two animated series. I reckon I could probably get swept up in the, the moment. And, yeah. yeah. Swept up. It's going to be a tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> so I reckon... I reckon um, Funko went to Mattel and said, "All right, we'll get rid of, we'll stop the Savage World line, yeah. we'll stop all our five point five, but we want the uh, Funko the li- pop back. vinyl license mm. for Masters." And they they've now gone on to make little cans, of, you know, like uh, yeah, drink cans with He Man and Skeletor That's- in them. And they've uh, got chasers, so mm. He uh, Ske- Man's got a slime pit He Man, and Skeletor's got a little green aspect on his uh, forehead oh, for righto. depicting the toy the version. Stuff, yep. So I think they're just going to go to town, but they're not allowed to make action figures per se. Yep, they don't uh, want it encroaching on Mattel's stuff. Correct. correct. Yeah. 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 Yep. Mm. Intriguing times. Excellent. All right, so we've had another review uh, in the last week or so. This is from the guys at Storm Collectibles. This is another Mortal Kombat figure, one that is very near and dear to my heart. 
We've said previously on this show that I'm a Sub-Zero guy, but if Sub-Zero is unavailable for whatever reason, then Raiden is my go-to. And this is what we are getting. We are getting the classic Raiden as he appears in Mortal Kombat 2. So the the same sort of famous straw hat with a big blue, I guess, apron is the best way to describe it. Um, in typical Storm collectible styles, huge amount of accessories. I believe he's got uh, three alternate heads yep. with the various sort of yelling and grimacing poses. Uh, lightning effects, of course, uh, all sorts of alternate hands. But the one that gets me oh. is his uh, head zap fatality, basically, where he's lightning coming from either of his hands. And then the accessory is actually a head that is mid-burst, yep. basically, with just blood spewing everywhere. And you swap that out with your chosen figure and it, you can recreate that fatality, which is just... Oh, just stunning. Uh, it's so old. It sounds, yeah. like, you, it sounds it, like you're already there. It's so good. Like, I, I with Raiden in particular, uh, historically, they've, since this game, they tweaked his appearance so yeah. much and he's gone that almost real samurai type look, which makes sense in the lore. But this one, I was like, I never thought I'd see this figure yeah. um, just in this particular style. So nostalgic, isn't it? Yeah. Such, yeah a, such a great figure. And I love the three looks on him. Yep. And I think Storm are just killing it. Yep. Uh, no pun intended with those fatality <laughs> accessories. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like I'm, I was looking at admiring the way Frank has displayed the uh, Storm Collectibles Mortal Kombat display up on the shelf. But there are so many options when you come to display. It's almost like it's you hard. need it's hard to those, choose those one. <laughs> bloody variants they did. Yep. Uh, what a great idea because you could pick it up and then have them posed like they're, you know, getting the fatality Mid done fight. to them Absolutely, and stuff. So, yeah. oh, like, almost one is not enough in this line. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is the uh, same sort of price you find on the uh, normal Mortal Kombat figures, and we're expecting to see Raiden appear in April of this year. Mm, very good. All right. The Mondo Mecha line, this was originally revealed mm. as a Marvel-themed mech, and I remember back, this is going back, I think, to 2018, to uh, San Diego Comic Convention yep. in New York, where we saw these um, mechs that were, you know, I think there was um, like Spider Man, Captain America, yeah. and, and they were very Black different. Yep. It was sort of like, well, wasn't expecting to see those, but really cool, really innovative, new hmm. take on these things. But now, oh, one of, if you're going to do mechs right, <laughs> Iron Giant, I mean, it's just a no brainer. And boy, does this look insane. I mean, it, it just is incredible. I think there's like, Five different heads on this figure. Yep. He's got like the... Oh, the accessories are insane. Like this sort of, I don't know, laser Gatling gun. All the different hand accessories. He's even got the little uh, Chevy. Yep. Is it the little Chevy? Yeah, like yeah. like the foot cruiser, but in red. Yep. Alternate S symbol on the chest. Uh, and just beautiful looking it's it's an interesting pivot from what we thought was a bit of a, a hybrid line or a bit of a crossover line and they've still kept the name mondo mecca and it applies beautifully yep. to this figure you just go it, it makes sense and you sort of got to wonder if they did some market testing or research and people just went i'm not buying a robot spider-man but a giant robot that you know from yep. another property exactly makes a lot more sense so it'd be interesting to see what else we get out of this granted it's taken them a while but yep. in very mondo style but uh gorgeous gorgeous looking figure yeah. 200 dollars usd though i don't yeah. think it sounds like it's going to be a pretty limited run or oh, it probably just, it probably would be yeah. but I, I suspect all the mondo stuff right. is yeah. yeah um and look 200 usd when you start comparing it to things like hot toys 
that's probably the space they're playing yep. in, yeah. really. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a 12 inch figure as well. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah but look, it's, it's a lot of money, right? Um, I didn't mention that S is actually connected by magnet, so yeah. that's that's a nice little touch. So yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool pivot, and really interested to see where that heads. Excellent. All right, now we've got the Ultimate Alpha Predator from NECA. After being revealed nearly a year ago, NECA have shown full details of the upcoming Ultimate Alpha Predator. This seven-inch fig celebrates their hundredth Predator figure. Features a ton of armor and weapons, it is NECA's first original concept and designed Predator with a helmet that nods to the unused Predator design from the original film. Mm. That was Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah, in that right. uh, suit. So priced at $35 USD and due for release in June this year. That's sort of, mm. you know, everyone at NECA, all the designers put their heads together and this was the design they came yeah. up with. Well, it's, it's heavily influenced from that Correct. insect look. Yes. Like, yeah. Which is brilliant. Just, Genius, but right? But just, you know, uh, on another level. Like, yeah. uh, and, and it, I love it how you can take the mask off. So there's a, you know, it's the just a mask. The yeah. head underneath. It's just, yeah. it's just a swan. It's just so beautiful. I just, I might have to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I love the fact that they, they, they go, we've done a hundred Predator yeah, figures. Yeah. yeah, I know. This is not like Playmate saying we've made a hundred Turtles figures. <laughs> This is NECA who have their hands in a whole lot of different little pies and yep. they've gone, oh, what do you know? 99, yeah. 100. Which That's at brilliant. the time only had three films when they probably started exactly. this yeah. uh, line and it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Now, I might have to do this. We can't let this next segment go over to Frank. We are talking G.I. <laughs> Joe, G.I. Joe classified. This actually was super exciting news for me. A lot of G.I. Joe fans have been waiting. I mean, probably waiting for some really new product to come out. You know, there's been a few different scales of Joes, you know, starting off with the, I guess, the doll or the, you know, what was the first action figure in that sort of eight inch, you know, super articulated doll style. And then in the 80s with Real American Hero being a three and three quarter inch line, aka Star Wars, but with a lot more articulation. And obviously that allowed them to do all the vehicles because that line just had the best vehicles in it. But G.I. Joe Classified is going to be the new line and it is for me, very excitingly going to be a six-inch line is what we're hearing, and it's going to come at retail. Now, this is coming off the back of the, I guess, the Snake Eyes origin film that is going to air. So it's not necessarily tied into that, Mm. but they're using that to leverage this line as sort of a bit of a launching pad. Now, as I understand it, the designs for Wave 1 are going to be vintage-inspired, oh, right? Yeah. Instant sale. Right? Yeah, Instant okay. sale. Now, yeah. it may be the case that as they go on with Waves, they'll move from, okay, let's do Snake Eyes in his movie outfit and try and bring that market in. But this is my understanding of Wave 1. Six-inch, real retro looks, and Wave 1 is rumoured to include Destro, Duke, Scarlet, Roadblock, and Snake Eyes, I believe the Snake Eyes is a single Snake Eyes and it's going to be case ratio of two to the case. Right. But maybe they'll, they'll be different versions. So my, my prediction on Snake Eyes is one will be pure black, yep. right? And mm. the other one will have the silver highlights like he did. So right. it'll just be he got, he got that many repaints in Correct. the original. It's yeah. tough to tell uh, yeah, so what the vintage version is. So like. I reckon pure yes. black, okay. pure stealth. Mm. Yep. And then one where it highlights his belt. It highlights the grenades that he has around yeah. his chest. It highlights paint. his um, you know, uh, knives and things in his uh, down near his uh, sort of calves, calves and yep. things yep. like that. I think it'll just be a basic paint 
job, but people, I reckon it'll be the stealth one, the pure black one that'll be the variant, yep. and people will go freaking nuts for it. Well, I, and yeah, the fascinating story, if you go back yeah. into the GI Joe history, is they needed a figure that was cheap and didn't have a lot of paint apps, and they went all black <laughs> for that reason, yeah. and it's become so iconic. I think. Doing the all black version with that nod to the original toy would be genius. Exactly, and especially if the other ones are nods to the vintage toys. Yep. But silver highlights and things would bring it into a modern esque, yeah. uh, you know, world where you need to have modern additional detail. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Additional de- details and at a six inch rate, uh, you know, scale, you would uh, want to have a few more attributes that you know. Yeah, make few it extra separate. details. Yeah. It'll be, what will be interesting, though, is to see how many accessories and weapons right. they get. Right? Are, you, are you thinking less guns and more kind of no, lasers? No, 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 not just saying that, but in the original Joes, they oh, had right. like, you know, 24 weapons each yep. character. They had yep. like a big, you know, tree of weapons. I think yep. it'll be slimmed down to two weapons per character. I think because this is being done by Hasbro, and again, this is all rumour at this point, I think they've now got enough tooling and stuff with all the Marvel Legends stuff they've done. Yep. You're going to see a lot of parts reused. And they're very good with their parts reused anyway in Legends to the point where only the really hardcores can sort of recognize the pieces. Uh, there's not a lot of like guns in the traditional sense in your Marvel Legends sort of line, but they're going to obviously do some new sculpting. Uh, it's going to be interesting Interesting to see. Um, I think they'll borrow some of their tooling from the Fortnite uh, uh, toy line as well. That's McFarlane, is, is it, it not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'll scratch that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you look around, I'm looking at your Marvel Legends collection right now, Frank, and you know, I could see a Scarlet you know, pretty mm-hmm. much made up from the different you know, Black Widows and yeah, different yeah. figures you've got there. So very clever, if that's the case, um, to be able to roll out a line really easily. All right, let's move on now to some trailer news. And the first big one that hit in the last week is the Morbius trailer. So this is now we're entering a new phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Here he is. This is yeah. uh, you so know he's, he's walks between worlds. He'll be one yeah. of those quiz questions in a few years. Which actors have have played in both universes? Um, can can I ask? Does, what do people know about Morbius at this point? Only the 90s cartoon Spider-Man. That's right. all I know. Him, oh, I, and he's a nemesis of Blade. Blade and him don't get along very well yeah. at all. Living vampire, is yeah, he? Is basically. he the living vampire? Yeah, so. yeah. so I believe he still needs to, from what I understand, I believe he does still need to feed. But his thing in the comics was he feeds on you know the blood of his enemies through his hands as opposed right. to the traditional vampire, you know, bite your neck off sort of thing. So... Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how and if they go that route in live action. I think it's a little bit silly yep. to, to try and pull that off. I don't know. The only thing that makes me think they might go there is in the trailer, there's a shot where he I think he deliberately cuts his hand and there's a big lot of bats or whatever that fly at him and one of the bats latches onto his hand and I'm going, well, you could sort of maybe write it in that sort of method. So, I don't know. It's... <laughs> This is, to clarify, when you said, Trent, the MCU, this is actually a Sony film. So yeah. it sits within that weird space Spider-Man. where Spider-Man and Venom and, and these sort of other films sort of live. So, uh, But that said, it definitely does look like it's connected because right at the end of the trailer, we see uh, old mate Michael Keaton, another walker between worlds, uh, who just shows up in what presumably is the Vulture, his Vulture character yep. from the Spider-Man film. So... It's. I don't know. I. I don't is he part know. of the Sinister Six? 
Well, that's kind that- of where you think they might be leading because you've got you've got Mysterio, who is he dead, isn't he? You've got uh, Scorpion, which they've alluded to in one of the other Spider-Man films. Obviously, Vulture, Shocker, uh, Shocker yep. as well. So they're building their own, and Sinister Six is one of these groups that's a permanently rotating roster. Yep, yep. So you could work Morbius into there, although based on the trailer, he looks like more of that anti-hero type you know, everybody hates me because I'm ugly, but I'm going to save the world because it's yeah. the right thing to do. Well, that, and that's that, that so. was my question for this: Is he going to be an out and out villain by the end of it, mm. or is he going to be played as that anti-hero? It's it's an interesting take if they go out and out villain yep. to have a standalone film on the. Villain. See, they didn't even do that with Venom because if anyone's going to be a, a villain character, you would think this big, scary, you know, literally bites people's head off. But you wouldn't call him a villain in that movie, yep. would you? I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I just hope it's better than Venom. Oh, yeah. that That's my concern. This yeah. is the studio that yeah. bought you Venom. And people are going, oh, but then this, and, and maybe they're writing it into the MCU, but they'll make a live action uh, into the Spider-Verse. And this is the start of that. And I've just gone, guys, Sony is not that smart. No. They have these characters li- on license from Marvel, but they're not at that level that, with writing. They do have a graffiti on the wall with Spider-Man and then Murderer. Yep. Yeah, so that was interesting. School. And is that from the Sony? Yeah, well, that's from, like, it's from the Sony. Maguire? Uh, well, it's very much a Tobey Maguire yeah. suit, but that image is actually uh, reversed from their, the Sony's Spider-Man game right. because that suit does appear in the game and they yep. just use their own artwork and flipped it and that's what has people going, oh my God, Tobey's going to be in this movie. And I'm like, no, no they just, just got lazy and reused artwork. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. The other trailer we got, and it's the second trailer, is from Birds of Prey. Gives us a little bit more exposition and a bit more of a tone of this film. What are our thoughts on it? We finally get to see Ewan McGregor donning the, the black, black mask, mask, which was a big yeah. criticism of that first trailer. Yep. You know, his black mask wears the mask. Yep. Um, what are our thoughts? It's a very cartoony, wacky, stylized sort of look. I'm a big fan of the Harley Quinn animated show. Mm -hmm. This looks average at best. This, I I, I don't know. I'm going to have very, very low expectations when I go and see, if I go and see the cinema. And if it does anything better than that, I'll be extremely happy. But Mm. I have, I'm not, it looks too silly. Is it a case of silly? Yeah, like, like, should it be hard R kind of no, 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 no. Not necessarily. I just, I just, I just think they're trying to blend that comedic. Let's let's be silly. Let's be um, slapstick, uh, but let's also be dark and mysterious and yeah, try you, and be. You can't have both. Exactly, no. exactly. And I just think it's it's too Harley Quinn. Like it's not. It's it's it should be Harley Quinn and some of the Birds of Prey, not. Harley Quinn and the... I mean, what is it? Birds of Prey and the Harley Quinn oh, and the Majestic. One, the wonderful Emancipation yeah. or something like that. Yeah, Some it's just... Title, I don't know. Yeah. It's just... It, it, I don't know. I'm I'm very dubious about this. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely a trailer that, as been said, leverages off of Harley's popularity. Big time. Don't really... I didn't think we saw a great deal of Birds of Prey. I was still... You know, if I didn't know about Birds of Prey and didn't know they were part of this film... If I was just Joe Blow that goes and sees comic book films and knows nothing about the source material, I'd, I'd think basically it's Harley Quinn the movie. And maybe yeah. that's yeah. what they want I it to be. Yeah. What they want. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's um. Yeah. To Ben's point, I feel like it's it doesn't know what tone it's going for, and we sort of saw that a little bit with like Suicide Squad. Mm. That was another one where the trailers made it look like this thing, and then you go in and see it, and you're like. 
well, that's not quite what I was sold. And that was mid-DC pivot or course correcting. They were, True. I think they were like literally course correcting during that film, yeah. their tone on the back of, I guess, that the Snyder kind of yeah. darkness. Um, this one hopefully is at least consistent with what it's trying to be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, gets us that. So, yeah, interesting. Oh, this is one that I'm not hugely excited by. Nah, like, it's nah. sort of there and I'll see it at some point, but it's not It's not something I'm hanging for. It, it, it almost... Mm. And even Harley Quinn's outfit, like, she's gone from the what she wore in uh, Suicide Squad to this almost bedtime outfit. And then what the third... The next movie we're going to see is just in lingerie. <laughs> I, just, I just think she's, you know... Yeah. It just doesn't 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 do it for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. We have the Joker appearing. Yes. We knew he was going to appear in Mortal Kombat 11 as they add to their roster mm-hmm. of characters, and we have got the trailer. Any any thoughts? Is this what we were expecting? Uh, I I love it. Like from a gameplay point of view, he's got insane reach. It, basically, he gets around the entire time with. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a cane or a crowbar. Now, in, in, in MK11, in MK11, you can there's deep customization, and there's always three points in every character that you can customize. And I suspect the cane or crowbar is one of those. Yep. Um, and yet there's one of his uh, like his super move, I guess, is if you want to call it that, is pretty much a homage to that. I'm beating you to death, Robin, with this thing. I was just going to say, it's a crowbar then. Well, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Like it, it's it's very strange. But basically, he uses that. He's got insane reach. Some of his moves had like the punching gloves on those extendable arms, where he's just full screen, bang, punch you in the face. At one point, I think he pulls out a little puppet of Batman that has a gun built into it and he puts on a Batman voice going, I will save the day and then basically shoot you in the face with it. Like, <laughs> I think they've got the tone really right. There's even uh, at one point he calls in a hostage, so, uh, someone who's like, you know, bound up, their head is on fire and they run towards the opponent and if they make contact, they explode. <laughs> like, so they really so... nailed that tone of just the vicious Joker. It's a, it's enough to make you laugh and cringe at the same yeah. time. Yep. Um, and yeah, some of the uh, the finishing moves on it are just like blah, <laughs> enough to make you, you cringe really well. Look, the other cool thing with this, this becomes available on January 28th, so very, very soon as of this recording. Uh, with the DLC, if you purchase it, you also get three skins, and this is where they're sort of crossing over. These, to clarify, these skins are for other characters. So I think it's Scarlet, Baraka, and uh, Collector off the top of my head. Basically, Scarlet gets a Catwoman skin. Yep. Um, Collector becomes the Batman who laughs, very skinny sort of character, and the one that's got me really pumped for is Baraka turns into Killer Croc, oh. and I'm like, that's. Perfect, yep. right? Because you could see someone even just like he's got the teeth and the, and the scales and everything. The blades coming out of the arm is an interesting twist, but yeah, do you know what? I could see them writing that into a, a comic reboot of yep. of Killer Croc. So yeah, very very excited for that. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we've got a Kickstarter I want to plug. So this is the Kickstarter project, definitely worth looking into. It's the action figure documentary. We are going for a Kickstarter for the physical media DVD or Blu-ray stretch goals or or a downloadable content of the uh, 
of the uh, film or whatever. Um, made by Zero Cool Films, Action Figure Adventure will be a 10-episode journey with each episode running 22 to 24 minutes. That's close to four hours of action figure goodness. With plenty of attention on figures, playsets, and vehicles across franchises such as Master of the Universe, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, and Star Wars, you'll feel a part of their quest every step of the way. Now, it's already at 480% funded. So, so sorry, what now? It's done. 480% <laughs> funded. So if you go on there, you're guaranteed to get whatever uh, goal you want to... Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, happy enough to say I jumped on it when it was only halfway there. Well done. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a green light for a physical copies and broadcasting is due for release in November 2020. Get behind this project today. So just to clarify, this is going to be made. It's, there's the uh, the uh, project Kickstarter project isn't for the unit to be actually made. It's for you to get a copy of this. And this is right. really cool because we take plastic crack, for instance. Mm-hmm. That was an Amazon thing. None of us could watch that until it was came to Australian shores. Yeah. And then we finally got to watch it, what, a year, maybe a year and a half yeah. uh, after it came through. So I don't know if plastic, if this uh, action figure documentary is only going to be a US release on whatever format. Mm-hmm. But believe it, the television deal is with a Canadian network. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's what's locked in so far. Um, so where it screens or streams after yeah. that is anyone's guess. So backing this will guarantee uh, you if you back a you know a downloadable content or anything or a physical copy that you will actually see it wherever you are in the world. So mm-hmm. I think this is uh, definitely a project to get behind. Cool. I couldn't agree more. And if they meet the the next stretch goal, they produce an eleventh episode. Excellent. Ooh. Cool. Sounds Very exciting. Cool. All right, we're going to wrap that news segment. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Back in the seat. Wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a great time. Let's all here. Yeah, <laughs> together. The band's back together uh, in typical Blues Brothers style. Let's jump into our next segment. Whoa, dude. Nice score. It is later scores, and I have to tell a tale. A tale of my trip to Melbourne and, and uh, very, very... Uh, big dent in my wallet, um, but let's let's uh, set the scene. So so Melbourne, I would say. So Adelaide, in in terms of Australia, is a a smaller capital city. Yeah, yeah. You know, we punch pretty well for our weight. I think in terms of the collecting hobby, we're, we're Do- one of the most livable cities. Yeah, yeah. I look, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great great place to live. Not doubting that. But no, in terms of yeah. the collecting, collecting yeah. hobby, we, Just I think we do really well. Take that, Chris Well, yeah, well. To be fair, Melbourne is awesome. I yeah, love, I, I love Melbourne. Yeah. Living in Melbourne yeah. for the last three months has been fantastic. Yeah. And one of in the case you didn't know, Trent's moving. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> I, I, I'm very tempted. I tell you, um, no, no, no. But one of the crown jewels in the Melbourne collectible scene is a store called Lobos, and and we've touched on Lobos before. Ben's talked about it. It's epic. It's like a museum. It's got everything from the stuff we love, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, Dino Riders, Thundercats, you name it. It's got everything. But the reason why it's got so much is the prices are expensive. Hmm. I'm not going to mince words. I generally go in there and I go, it's sort of 30% more than what you'd be able to find that item fairly easily on the internet or, or looking, if you can find it. Now, yeah, that's, that's the key that's because the some of this stuff's super obscure. And so, yeah, sure, you can go on eBay or sure, you can go online and, and find it, but you're probably not going to find this stuff in person anymore, it, hence the obscurity of some of this stuff. So I went in 
to Lobo's, have a bit of a look around. I'd seen Ben's screen pics, uh, photos of what he'd taken. And I had a bit of an idea of what we might find in there. But just to give you a bit of an idea, you go in there. Uh, if you're into superpowers, like we know Darren is, you'll see a, a like a mint on card cyborg, for example. That's the caliber of figure in there. If you're into Ninja Turtles, like uh, Frank is here, mm. there's a mint on card scratch sitting Ugh. there. And and He-Man, which we all know everyone's into in the room, you know, you might find a camo Khan, for example. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I could have just... got a quarter of the price many years ago if I yeah, jumped on it anyway. Away. So, so some, some phenomenal stock. I mean, you name Holy Grails. Um, Attorneys in there. There's boxed several, Attorneys. Several yep, yep, yes. yep. None of them 100% complete, but, you know, there, there was one, I think, that was, you know, 98% complete. The box, you know... There's a hive playset in yeah, the box. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. it's wonderful. A whole and if, aisle of Star Wars, like wow. yeah, a whole aisle, both and, sides, not just not just one oh, side, both oh, sides. Wowzers! Yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. It's it's well worth a visit. Uh, if you're in Australia and you get down to Melbourne, you and you're listening to this podcast, you've got to get down <laughs> there, right? It's worth the price of admission. So, I had before I left to Melbourne, I'd sold a bunch, a, a heap of Master of the Universe Classics. I think Frank had taken about 40 off my hands. <laughs> and, and I had a nice little, you know, amount of cash in my pocket. And I was ready to buy that one grail item I'd been looking for. And there were a few that took my fancy, but none more so than a, a figure I've been chasing now for, I'd say, 23 years. Purchased a loose one once on eBay. And when the seller realized what he'd sold to me and the price he'd sold it to me for... Re pulled out of the the deal and never sent it, and that figure is the blank from the 1990 Dick Tracy line by Playmates. It's eluded me all this time, and walking into Lobo, seeing a AFA graded, Ooh. I think it's uh, it was 75 or 80, like wow, pretty pretty nice. decent, yeah. high, pretty yeah. decent grade. You know, look to the to the eye, virtually immaculate, clear bubble, nice card. And there it was in the flesh. First time I've actually seen one, <laughs> seen one in, in reality. Seen a few on online over the over the days, and it was the case of going in there, absorbing it, looking at it, going away for about two weeks to think about it, yeah, and just really process because it was a fair amount of coin. Um, at least you knew they weren't going to sell it in those two weeks. Well, it was it, it was one of those things that I when guess I saw it there. I took photos of it yeah. there when I was, and that was last year. Yeah, uh, that was mid October or something last year. Yeah. So yeah, two uh, weeks isn't yeah. No, in the scheme of it, a good yeah. chance. And and this is like if I guess if I'm thinking about it, you know, there's probably no one else. You know, this is this yeah. is for me the holy grail of, yeah. of toy collecting. There's probably not a lot of people in Australia that would outlay that amount of cash on that particular figure. Yeah. So I, I was relatively comfortable but hey if it if it had sold that's that's life and and that's what happens but i think in reality you know dick tracy is is a fairly obscure property and in particular for australian audiences to me it's a a very patriotic sort of american sure. property you know it, it really came at that time in the american culture and you know it's that whole gangster culture mm-hmm. that whole sort of based on the al capone and 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 those sort of things so i think having that in australia probably doesn't have the appeal it might have had if you were in in the us mm-hmm. so thought about it for a couple of weeks did the trip back out to lobos and purchased it it was the single most amount of money i've 
dropped on a single figure. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it sort of feels bad <laughs> to say it out loud. But... Can, I, can, I, can I just ask one question since we're talking so openly? Yep. Um, did you spend more on that or were you a tunier? Oh, much more on the blank. Much more. Yeah, even even more you... than the uh, Dino Riders Diplodocus. The Bronto. Oh, Bronto, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, more than the Bronto. Whew, wow. I did I did buy the Bronto in a lot yeah, of about okay. uh, six figures okay. or six dinosaurs, but more than a mint in box, immaculate, 100% complete Brontosaurus wow. from Dino Riders. Right. So this is not just your most expensive figure. This is your most expensive toy. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So impressive. Yeah, and look, it's no regrets. Good on you. No oh, regrets. Good on you, man. Love That's it. what I love about yeah. this show, man. I think at the time when he bought it, he was uh, Trent was uh, had us in a group chat, and he was looking his pictures going, and he was, took a shot looking into the bag, and it was all, of course, wrapped up in bubble wrap and stuff. He goes, "What do you think it is? What do you think it is?" And we were having a few guesses, and he goes, "Oh, it's a figure I've been looking for for years." And then I think one of us, I can't remember who it was, just went. It's not the blank, is it? Knowing that he'd gone to Lobos and the sort of stock they have there, we were, oh, was it Scratch? Is it this? And then he was like, yep. <laughs> you could, you could, it was all in caps and lots of exclamation marks and you could feel the excitement just from text on a screen. So, and, and getting it back to Adelaide was funny because I'd booked a... Uh, you booked I a second was, seat for it? No, well, close to... <laughs> I, I had it all planned out. Like, it's all it bubble. might have been worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's all bubble wrapped and I'm like, okay, this is. I'm going to bring this on the plane. Obviously, it's not going to go in my luggage because yeah. it's, it's in the acrylic case. It's in the AFA-graded acrylic case. I'm going to put it under the seat. I don't want to put it up in the overhead no, because if someone, you know, just yeah. puts their bag in and stuff. Anyway, I was traveling with a mate and he's like, you know what? Great news. I've booked us into like the economy X and I'm like, cool, that's great. So rock up and we're in the emergency exit, which has no under seat storage. <laughs> and I'm like, oh dear. Uh, uh, I'm just going to have to hold it. The yeah. Whole time. So I, I put it, I put it very carefully up in the thing and I was like watching anyone that was trying to like jam their bags in and, <laughs> and thankfully no one, you know, disrupted it and it got home safe and sound. Nice. And it's now in the Trent toy museum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Part of place. Yeah. Brilliant. Super happy. Any other later scores might be a bit daunting. I was going to say, that, now that you've that... opened with that, it kind of uh, <laughs> kind of makes it, everything else a bit of a lesser light. But uh, I've had a few uh, Marvel Legends gets in the last uh, week or so. Uh, ben was good enough to, he was out and about and shot me a picture and just went, uh, Dr. Doom, anyone? I was like, hells yes. I didn't even know there were, I'd started seeing pictures in some of the groups and often those sort of things don't come to Adelaide for another you know few weeks afterwards, but they were out and about. So I got Doctor Doom and I said, mate, while you're there, can you see if they've got a She-Hulk as well? Because I knew it was part of that same uh, Super yep. Scroll wave. The rest of the Fantastic Four I've already oh. got, so I wasn't fussed, but they are amazing. The Doom is just, you can, and a bit to your, Trent, a bit to your point, Trent, about Skeletor with the mask and the eyes. This is the same thing with Doom. You yep. can tell it's a, a piece of plastic on top of an already sculpted face. It looks it looks amazing. And the, the cape in particular is this, Really, str- it's not a, like a plastic material I've sort of felt before. Like it, it's okay. it's not cloth, but it's not like the hard plastic you might associate with most capes. So that's really cool. She Hulk is amazing because she stands about a, a head taller than most of the other male characters. Um, really, really cool figure there. And I also picked up uh, from our good friend and Patreon Malcolm uh, Electro, 
and Morbius, which is, uh, you know, perfect timing with the movie coming out. So two more villains to help uh, flesh out the villain's shelf because they were getting distinctly outnumbered. And of course, Trent has walked in today, haven't even opened them, but I'm sure he's got uh, some of the William Stout uh, Masters figures for all of us today so we can all enjoy uh, our own uh, versions of those. Definitely. Very cool. All right, for me, I got a Toxic Crusaders smog cycle. Yes. So that's uh, old cool. Bonehead's... Uh, a vehicle of choice from the uh, that line. So and that's Davies' big. vehicle of yeah, choice. Yeah. He rates this as Favorite. one of the best yeah. vehicles yeah. ever made. Yeah. yeah, and I've never played with one before. Yeah. So as soon as I'm, I picked it up, I rolled it along the uh, yep. table and it went click, click, tick, click, tick, click. Tick, and I'm like, oh, that's easy. That's uh, just wicked. Done. So yeah. <laughs> uh, very happy with that. I got some uh, Master of the Universe uh, vintage card backs from uh, Captain Wow. Yes. Uh, well Trent from, uh, yeah, across the border. Uh, that was wicked. I got Orko. Uh, Clawful, uh, Tongue Lasher, and King Hiss. Nice. So, um, really happy. I've got a lot of Ninja Turtle card backs. I've got card backs from a lot of other toy lines that I collect. I've I've got one card back from Vintage Masters. So right. now I've got a, Is that now right? I've got five. So yeah, I'm very cool. happy with that. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I've got a Dino Riders Algar, which is the uh, Quetzalcoatlus, um, yep. yeah, Rulon figure. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. Got him, uh, and uh, yeah, I just wanted another, oh, a, another iconic uh, villain. Yeah, he's like an alligator, alligator or a yeah. crocodile. Oh, super, that, super hard yeah, to get. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're sort of the wa- later waves yep. release. Yeah, so right. and now I've got two of those species in my Rulon collection. Nice. So that's wicked. And uh, yeah, of course, I've got the William Stout uh, collection. Oh, I've got a cup here. I've got a yes. cup and. Uh, this has been imported, obviously, from Burger King. It's a Masters of the Universe 1985 um, Burger King Cup uh, with uh, that features Hordak fighting Thunder Punch He-Man. So it's absolutely It's almost awesome. like a little cartoon strip as you walk yeah. and go around the cups. A little yeah. mini-comic almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's just... Epic. Uh, it's in bloody yeah. good nick as well. And, uh, like, no scratches or anything. Exactly. Yeah, very, very few scratches. It's got him fighting the creature from the Fright Zone. Correct. The sock yeah. puppet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, puppet also. That, one, that one's in pretty good nick. Hasn't deteriorated. No, no. It's uh, amazing. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Very good. Darren, have you had any uh, magic come your way? I have. And um, it might sound um, a bit flat after everyone else has already talked about it. But um, I um, first of all, I got the Mondo Skeglo, which hey, I'm really oh, happy with. Yep. I want to see that. I but the that. one that really, really excited me um, was the William Stout collection arrived on Monday, just gone. Mm. And I was so excited. I've, I've waited 32 years for these things <laughs> since I walked out of the cinema um, at Hoyt's region in Rundlemore back in the day. But it's no longer there. I've wanted these forever. Thought they were never going to come. Gave up all hope for love of money. And then Super 7 were able to get a deal that's delivered me a, a Dolph Lundgren, He-Man, and a Frank Langella Skeletor that I've wanted forever. And they have exceeded my expectations. So just everything you could want. The perfect uh, blending, uh, perfect as far as blending in with the classics line, but also being true to the film and, and the William Stout design. So couldn't couldn't be happier. And... Um, as gentlemen around the room would know, I don't really take photos. I'm not good at it. I'm hopeless. I'm the world's worst <laughs> photographer um, for a variety of reasons. But the first thing I did as soon as I cranked those things open was I took a photo of each fit, a couple actually, in the hope that one would look better than the other. <laughs> and then just dumped them in our Patreon chat for um, for everyone to see because I just I could not contain my excitement that, the more I tried to contain it, the the more overwhelming it became. So. <laughs> did you? And can I can I ask? Did you get 
one set? Did you get two sets? Did you order doubles, triples, um, higher, so I four got, or five? So I got three sets. Three sets, okay. And and then I went um, two extra He-Man, one extra Skeletor, one extra God Skeletor. So yep. you know, you're surely you're going to crack at least one set of those open. Oh, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. I am going to crack open a set for sure. To have loose. Nice. Yeah, to have loose. And I'm probably going to... Display the alternate head for He Man on one of them too because I bought so many. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so awesome. really, really happy. Darren, is it fair to say that everything comes to He Who Waits? Well, and I have, and I have, and I have waited so very long for this moment. Funnily enough, I watched that film that night, posted it on Facebook, and I think I actually had that quote under <laughs> and, and I got these private messages from a few people saying, "You William Stout figures are right." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I just knew what, where I was going with it. Very good. I, no, I, I couldn't resist. I did that in my opening monologue because it's just that quote is just too, too perfect. It is, isn't yeah. it? Fantastic. Very good. We've got a final listener question that snuck through because uh, Michael Flatters didn't quite get his question to us in time for the last few episodes. But we're going to read this out and have a quick crack at it before we wrap this episode. So it says, hi, guys. How are you? Hope you're all well. I missed the chance to send you a question for you to read out in your last episode, so I was hoping you could read it out in a future one. My question is, when I was a young kid in the 80s, my mum was going to buy me the four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Amen. So was mine. Because I wanted them more than anything in the world at the time, but they'd sold out everywhere here in England and couldn't get them anywhere. What toys did you really want when you were young and couldn't find get them anywhere for love nor money? Thanks and keep up the good work. That's that's an awesome question. So thanks to Michael Flatters for writing in with that one. Um, look, on the nin- I started off with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's, it's the 80s, it's the 90s. All those figures came with cross-sell. Right, so you know, you know, Star Wars did it. Obviously, Turtles did it. Master of the Universe did it. You look on the back of the pack, and there are the other figures in the line. I had the exact same experience with the four turtles. They were super, super hard to get here in the height of the craze in Australia. And I remember friends that you know would f- go into a Kmart, find a Donatello, would hide it for me, and say, mm. "Hey, I've hidden the Donatello <laughs> in the clothing section of this Kmart and stuff." But the one for me that I never, ever saw in retail and wanted more than anything was Baxter Stockman. And it wasn't until I was a collector looking back that I actually found him in a secondhand store and realized actually he was relatively plentiful. Yeah. You know, he wasn't in the secondary market. There were enough of him popping up here and there, more so than some other figures yeah, from Ninja Turtle line, that he mustn't have been... Super, super, super hard to get. But he must have I just been incredibly sought after. Maybe, and just flown yeah. When he never dropped. saw him once at retail. So never that saw was... him. I never saw him either. Yeah, he was really the only one from the first two or three waves that I never saw. I reckon, but yeah, I, I never saw him, and I, I wanted him. He was remained him and Genghis Frog were the only two from those first those early assortments that I, that I didn't get as a child. Yeah. Genghis Frog, I did see, but Baxter, I never did. The other one for me from that line that I remember seeing in the store, but only ever once, was the giant android body yeah, crane. That's where right. I was going and to I remember that. seeing him at Kmart. I was just going to say, Kmart had him as an exclusive. Back yeah, in the day. right. But that was it. And the next time I saw him was in the the store that you went down in Rundle Mall. You went down the stairs. I can't remember the oh, name the of it. The basement one. The basement yeah. one. The attic. Yeah. Was it the attic? The attic yeah, yeah, the attic. Yeah. 
I picked mine up there, I think, very early 2000s. And, I mean, he's he's hard to get. Frank, you might have yep. some more insight into the challenges of, yeah. of trying to pick up an Android body crank. Yeah, so that that was going to be my shout-out, was the, the Android crank. Even the one I, I have got is, is an upgraded one from one that I had earlier. That, ben, that now I have. That now one. Ben's got, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Very happy as well, just <laughs> letting everyone know. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, even the, uh, the the one I have has got uh, one, the, the little antenna at the top's got one, it's got two prongs, but mine only has the one on it. Um, but uh, I think at the time that one came with the um, the chest plate that was notoriously hard to find as well. Look, I don't have any that I can remember from childhood. I remember as a kid having a, a probably about 10 years old, a very big uh, Ninja Turtle themed party and, and literally uh, all, everyone was coming with all the presents and they're all the same shape. They're all that card back, <laughs> clearly wrapped in, in the same manner. Uh, and I remember I was I was a right little turd about it because I got upset when I'd open and go mm, I've already got that one like it was Genghis Frog or whoever it was for argument's sake. Um, so I don't remember any that I was specifically uh, couldn't find when I did go back as a collector and started plugging those gaps. I, that's where I started the eighty eight eighty nine stuff. And to your point, very easy to find some of that early stuff yep. now in the in the secondary market. It's just market. so mass produced. Uh, yeah, there was when- tons of them. Yeah, and when Turtles launched here in 1990, they knew it was going to be a big year. It had been huge in the US up until that point. The animated series was on five days a week, and they knew that the, the film was going to drop. Yeah. So, and plus, over. there was the arcade game that was literally everywhere. Video stores, takeaway joints, yeah. you yeah. name it. So it, it was Turtles Bonanza, but that did make finding even the four Turtles really, really mm. tough yeah. because it was at the height of its... Mm. Yeah, probably the only one I can really sort of pick on, certainly from those early waves, was of the the first sort of uh, well, they weren't the first total variants, but the the variants where you had uh, Sewer Samurai Leo, Space Cadet Ralph, Undercover Don, and Sewer Surfing Mikey. Three out of four of those I had as a kid. It was uh, Undercover Don actually was the one that sort of eluded me from from that set and. I've never been as excited to pick up a Donatello figure <laughs> as I was with that one because I'm like, cool, that rounds out yeah. that, you know, a rather iconic in terms of variance oh, yeah, um, sure. and rounded out those four. So, mm, yeah. Uh, for me, it's I'm going to shout out the Aliens toy line, very mm-hmm. special to my heart. And the reason I'm shouting that out is because I didn't get onto it when it first was released. So, 92, it was released, and I remember going to the John Martins and seeing it all displayed in a beautiful case and just thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the most violent and mature and <laughs> horrific toy line I've ever seen with my own eyes. I want them. I must have yep. them. Anyway, uh, I didn't get them because of whatever reason, price or uh, whatever. Mum probably said, no, 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 that's not, not, not touching that. Only when you're older. Exactly. <laughs> so I, majority of my Alien and Predator collection came when there was a clearance at Big W. I was picking them up for $4 each, right? And when you're earning little to no pocket money, a figure for $4 each is, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're buying three at a time and yep. you think you've won the lotto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but however, no, um, it was only the aliens and only the predators. So I never got any of the colonial, the space marines right. and things. So I didn't get them till later on when I was a more uh, mature collector at heart. So Yeah. Okay. Sure. Good show. So for me, my story is a little bit different. Obviously, Baxter Stockman is one I never saw in retail and, and that's absolutely true. But um, there were a few things I saw in retail that later on I wish I jumped on that, you know, time or history would indicate, you know, I didn't just get in time. Um, 
the Masters Universe line. I got into it in 1983, and um, I started off with characters like He-Man, Skeletor, Teela, you know, a whole, a whole heap of characters. And I got most of the, the core early characters, but there were a couple that, that I saw in retail but didn't get, and by the time I was ready, I'd had some of the others, they had disappeared from retail in Australia. They're things like Evil Lynn and Many Faces that spring to mind. Oh. You know, as a kid, I just never got them because, you know, I've prioritised, like I said, He-Man, Skeletor, Teela, Man-at-Arms, Prince Adam, Orko, you know, a few things like yep. that. And by the yeah, time you yeah. got to got to some of those, they were they were just out of circulation. Mm. Yeah. It's, can't, can't get them all, can you? you it's just well, there. sadly, that's the <laughs> lesson to, I learned. Yep. You know, I did probably pretty well, I think, to get about 40 of them yep. as a kid. Two Jeez. play sets and, and um, a few vehicles, so... I can't really can't really um, complain too much, but I also, as a child, would go through these phases where I'd get into lines that were no longer in retail. Mm. So I'd go through a couple of weeks where, for whatever reason, I'd become obsessed with superpowers, and I'm like, "Gee, I wish I could still get superpowers." Yeah, like, now they're gone. Now they're gone, yeah. or or gee, I wish I could get some more G1 Transformers because I'm back into that this fortnight, or this what, fortnight. whatever whatever it is, <laughs> and. Um, you know, because that's just how, how my mind used to roll. I'd become obsessed with something, and and that it was singular and tunnel vision. And I could was... never imagine you getting obsessed with anything, Darren. You can't? Never. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, let's just say I, I used to be like that. I've probably grown out of it a bit since then. But, but, um, I used to go through an obsessive-compulsive, I-must-have-toys phase. <laughs> used to? <laughs> Very good. Thank you to Michael Flatters for writing in, and yeah, that was great having those listener questions over the past yeah, three weeks. That, that so, was really good. That it certainly yeah. was, and it's never too late for yep. any of our listeners. Don't feel that because you weren't on on the episodes that we've just done regarding listener questions that you, that you can't contact us with questions. We'd love to hear, we love hear more yep. questions or even just stories about your own experiences, whether they be growing up or whether they be as an adult um, chasing toys. We, we we love to hear that stuff. It's all about nostalgia, isn't it? It is. It's, well, it uh, is for me. Yeah. You know, um, I love living in the past. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. All right, it's time for that bit where we do a few shout-outs. I think we've got a couple of special shout-outs uh, Ben might want to Yeah, yeah. Start I, off I just with. want to uh, say a massive thank you to the Geek Dudes podcast for their continuous praise towards our show and content. They, Too kind. Yeah. I reckon they shout us, give us a plug, even just a name drop every single episode. Yep, so agreed. Geek Dudes podcast... Chris, Mitch, and uh, Jonesy, yeah. uh, awesome podcast, very hilarious as well. It's, uh, super, super they, they advertise themselves as a not safe for anywhere podcast, so <laughs> don't listen if the kids are in the car. Would be my advice, and but maybe don't listen to it at work. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Headphones very, only. Yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah. A, uh, a guilty pleasure yeah. of mine. Yeah, and hopefully they'll be down for the mega toy fair. They reckon oh, really? uh, they're going to come come down for a trip. Uh, Sweet. We need a uh, everyone in the room. Oh yeah, oh, that would be oh, yeah. 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 Every everyone at the pub yeah. session. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, the most censored episode of Toy Power that's ever. Yeah. Well, that's, that's saying something because we've had Davey on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might be there too. Yeah, he might yeah. be. Uh, and he also, might be him singing. Yeah, yeah. I also want to give a bit of a, pl- a plug to my uh, many uh, daily posts yeah. featuring uh, all the unique versions of Shredder in my collection. So cool. Uh, yeah, it's like I, I'm getting. I was getting a bit slack with my Instagram and f- photography. And I was wasn't work's been kicking my ass recently yeah. uh, with Christmas and all that, and I haven't been very art- feeling very artistic, yep. right? 
and I just thought, how am I, how what's something I can routinely do? Like mm. you know, I, I have to admit I took stole this idea from a lot of other Instagram people out there uh, doing a daily post. You know, yeah. just a lot of them are just doing random things with their collection. Some of them are doing masters themes. Others are doing just you know, here's this. You know, and just yeah, a little bit figure. of a backstory mm. and things. So I decided, well, I've got all these shredders that I don't have documentation of any of them really mm. anywhere. Um, you know, Frank's like, like at the moment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I thought, why not? I've, I can I can go to town for at least, you know, maybe a month or so. And uh, so, yeah, it's been uh, fun and, uh, you know, dusting off the old shredders and uh, digging out through the bins and things that I've got in nice. my toy room. And, uh, and there's always, uh, what, 1988 Playmates shredded for sort of comparisons. Exactly, in a lot yeah. of the photos. Yeah. You know, because like I feel that's important or, because yeah. if you show... Like that's his origin that, in toy form. Yeah, yeah, if you show like a tiny little uh, micro mini super shredder, yep. how do you? And I zoom in and I show him real nice. How do you? No, how do you, size, the yeah. person on the other side of the screen, yeah. know what size and where he fits? And some of the bigger ones, the more uh, you know, big bobblehead ones and yeah. things, you don't know what size and yeah. scale they are. So I thought that was going to be my little routine thing to go throughout the whole series nice. uh, to get a bit of a I scale. I feel like there's one yeah. missing though. One giant life-size Ben wearing his shredder costume. Uh, That's <laughs> kind of going to be the last one. Someone, right? someone did yep. say that, but I don't think the helmet and things is uh, any... Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Fantastic. So, That's great. Just one quick final shout-out for me in my... Last three months in Melbourne made mm. a lot of friends, a lot of good friends working very closely, some long hours with some wonderful people. And I'm not going to go through a list of names, but you guys, if you're listening, know who you are. And what a wonderful experience we all shared together. It was one of the greatest times of my life that I, that I had, really yeah, enjoyed nice. it. And uh, I think we'll, we'll hear a little bit more about some of those adventures in some upcoming episodes. Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. I like it. Sounds good. Sounds On good. that note, we're going to wrap... The I'm... Return of Trent episode. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Darren. I'd just like to pay tribute to one person. It's probably already been done before I got here, but I wasn't here. So I'd like to pay tribute to Trent, who has been away for so long. But as everyone knows, he's such a big part of the show that even when he's not here, he's often contributing and he's having a big input in it. Um, just wanted to say how happy I am that he's back. And I know everyone here feels the same way. Not everyone that's listening probably knows this, but I've known Trent for since 2002, so we go a long way back, and there's no one who's got your back more than Trent. I can honestly say that. So, um, yeah, it's Toy Power's game to have him back, and thank you for, for returning, my friend, and welcome back to your, your seat. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> been kept very warm, and like I said to the guys... <laughs> You've done a tremendous job. That was Davey. Uh, you can yeah. thank for keeping that oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, before we degenerate. In his, in his Deadpool suit. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much to all our patrons for your ongoing support and to everyone who tunes in again and again to Toy Power. Love having you on board and part of the community. And we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of 
OK People. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're yeah.